BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the third edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast in this week. We started the week off on Tuesday, previewing the Chiefs vs. Jaguars game. We went on Wednesday and did a deep dive on the Chiefs season, previewing everything from the season. And now, today, we'll do the same thing for the entire NFL. On today's show, we have the division winners for this year, two superlatives, the playoff picture, and finally the NFL awards. Again, this is the third episode this week. There'll be one more on Sunday, depending on how you count your weeks. There'll be one more on Sunday, which will be immediately following the Chiefs and Jaguars game, a breakdown, a rapid reaction of that show, of that game. So, now that we've got all that out of the way, I'm your host, as always, Ryland Stiles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Let's start out with the division winners. In the AFC West, if you listened to last night's show, I picked the Chiefs, obviously. I have them going 14-2. and two. Now, They're the only team I'm going to talk about their standalone win-loss record, but I have them going 14-2, and two, winning the AFC West, and having the highest seed in the AFC. From the North, I'm picking the Cleveland Browns. If you want more Chiefs breakdown, go listen to yesterday's show. It's all about the Chiefs and their upcoming season. In the AFC North, I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. I think that the Browns are a funny mix in terms of what people are predicting for them this year. Some people are like me, and they're hyping up the Browns, and they're picking them to win the division. They're picking them to go to the playoffs. They're picking them to do all these great things. Other people are against the Browns and saying that it's all hype. I think that it's somewhere in the middle. They, I think that they're a playoff team for sure, and it's just the trepidation of if you want to pick them to win their division or not. I think that if this roster, with Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, a quality offensive line, and a good defense led by Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, if you put that roster on almost any other in almost any other NFL city that did not have the stigma that the Cleveland Browns have, 
If you put that roster in New England and you put New England's roster in Cleveland, I think that the narrative around each roster would be totally, totally different just because of the past uh, reputations. I don't think you can judge right now on what happened to the Browns a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. I'm not going to hold it against them that three years ago, whenever a lot of these players weren't even on the team, the Browns went winless, or whatever year they went winless. They're going to win this division because I don't believe in the Ravens or the Steelers, and then obviously the Bengals are a train wreck. The Browns, I think, have the best defense in the division and the best offense in the division. Odell Beckham's dealing with a hip injury right now. As long as he's healthy, everything will be fine. They also have an easy schedule because of their lackluster year last year, which was one of their best seasons in, in 20 years. So, uh, you know, they have an easier schedule than, than most teams do uh, who are vying for the playoffs. I think the Browns are going to be good this year. And I think that the only reason people have concerns are because the name on the jersey says Browns. Because they're wearing a Browns helmet. Now, some people compare this team to the Eagles' dream team. I don't see that comparison at all. Other than the fact that it happened overnight. The roster reconstruction seemingly happened overnight. The only concern I have is Freddie Kitchens. He had a good run at the end of the year last year. He's the player's coach. He's the player's guy. They're going to probably play hard for him, I'd assume, given the fact that they all lobbied for him to get that job. But you never know how that's going to go. But still, I'm picking the Browns. In the AFC East, I'm picking the Patriots. Uh, Again, it's kind of like the opposite of what I just talked about with the Browns. It's Tom Brady. It's Bill Belichick. They have a way to maximize the talent on this roster. If they hadn't proven to this point that they can maximize a lackluster roster, obviously no one would be picking them to win this division. But since they have a track record of proving that although the names don't sound too flashy on their roster outside of Josh Gordon, outside of Julian Edelman, they know how to get the most out of each player. It's like in basketball, whenever you're going to make your playoff predictions and the Spurs are always there. On paper, they shouldn't be. Not last year, not this year. But in reality, you know that Greg Popovich is always going to get the best out of his guys. That's how the Patriots are with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. In the FC South, I the Texans. And this might be the wildest division in the AFC, frankly, because I think that the North is going to be uh, competitive as it always is. Uh, The Ravens and Steelers are not just going to roll over, but I think that they're going to end up being mediocre. The AFC South, I think, is interesting. I mean, you have the Texans, who I obviously just picked to win that division, who have made trades this week of trading away Clowney and bringing in Tunsil and bringing in Kenny Stills that get themselves better in the immediate future, as in these next 16 games and on into the playoffs, but set them back uh, for the long-term future. So in the present tense, I think that they're better than they were a week ago before those trades. For these next 16 games, they they are better without Clowney and the trades that they made to get uh, Stills and Tunsil. They are better without those guys and those picks for the immediate future. Now, how long does that last? I don't think very long. I think that they've they've sold their soul for this year whenever they're a team that's not like the Chiefs. If the Chiefs sold their soul 
to try to win a Super Bowl this year, you could see it. The best offense in the sport, they need a quality defense, and that's all. That's all. They don't even need a good defense, they need a quality defense. One that's not embarrassing. So if they sold their future and their soul, you might not like it because you think that Mahomes is set up for a long-lasting future of winning, but you can understand it because they are right on the doorstep. They are a D Ford offsides away from making the Super Bowl a year ago. The Texans are not in that in that same realm of things. So I think that the trades in the long term will not pay off, but in the short term, given the fact that Luck retired, given the fact that you've strengthened your weakest position of offensive line with Tunsil, and given the fact that Stills perfectly complements what you want to do with your passing game with Watson, they've gotten themselves a better team for this season. So I'm picking them to win. But again, this division is going to be sneaky good. Landry Luck retired. I don't think that they're going to fall off the face of the earth. I think Jacoby Brissett is a very solid option. What do the Jags do this year? Does that defense regroup and rebound from a year ago and take and, and take a step back to the elite defense they had the last year of Blake Bortles being a, a competent quarterback? Two years ago? And then, of course, the Texans, who I've picked to win the division. The Titans always find a way to make things interesting and to somehow win nine games every year without really anyone ever noticing. I don't think that they're in line to compete this year, though. I mean, they can't even figure out who they're going to play between Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill, which, if those are your two best options, good luck. The AFC South, I can see a lot of different answers here. I can see the Colts, if you believe in Jacoby Brissett. I can see the Jaguars, if you believe in that defense. But I think the most well-rounded team for this year is the Texans. But again, they've messed their future up with the clowny trade, not do, not trading him earlier to get the kind of return the Seahawks got for Frank, for, uh, Frank Clark, and the trade for Tunsil and Stills. So who do I have in the AFC wildcard game? You know, the AFC wildcard spots, I should say. The first one's the Chargers. I have a lot of concerns about this pick. This is the pick I feel the most shaky about of all my picks that I'm going to make in this episode. I feel the most concerned about the Chargers pick. The Chargers are losing Melvin Gordon. Who knows when he'll be back? Who knows if he'll be back? Could that be a Le'Veon Bell situation where he literally does not play a down for the Chargers this year. They're losing Darwin uh, uh, James. Or, yeah, Darwin James. Right now, I think that the latest report on him is eight weeks. But Chiefs fans know that these things can happen. These things like Eric Berry and Darwin Thompson, or, excuse me, Darwin James are dealing with, can happen. Darwin James... Is a safety like Eric Berry was, and of course he's on injury reserve for half the year. He's elite. He can change that defense when he gets back, if he gets back. But here are the factors that go into that. One, there can always be setbacks, the way Eric Berry had. Two, he can always come back at not 100%, which is still better than most safety options in the NFL, mind you, but it's not the 100%, the game changer, the X factor that Derwin James normally is. And then I just also don't believe that the Chargers will stay healthy because they have just been riddled with injuries. Them and the Redskins are two teams you can bank on key players getting hurt every single year. And I just don't believe that the Chargers can 
I, I don't trust them in big games, I should say. They won in Arrowhead last year. I was at that game at Arrowhead whenever they pulled off the win uh, via pass interference. But nonetheless, they won that game. I don't believe that they can win many more big games, though. The Darwin James situation scares me. The Melvin Gordon situation scares me. I think that they're making the right move. I would not pay Melvin Gordon anywhere close to what Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott make. I would not, I would not even go in that space with him. But for this season, I would trust that offense more with him rather than Austin Eckler or whoever they're going to try out there in the backfield. The second wild card spot, I think, is going to go to, are you ready? The New York Jets. I debated the Jets and the Steelers for this spot. And I think that if the Chargers have a, have a regression, which I think is very possible, that the Steelers would slide into a, to a wild card spot. I think the Jets and the Bills are the two most interesting teams in this AFC. In terms of people being high on them and trying to predict them as the, the up-and-coming team. If you listen to this show, Grant Tuttle thinks that the Bills are going to win the division and jokingly picked Josh Allen to win the MVP because of it. Of the two, I think that the Jets have the better coach. I think the Jets have the better defense. I think the Jets have the better quarterback. I think the Jets have the better wide receiving room. I think that the Jets have the better running back. Therefore, I think the Jets are a better football team. And I think that, like the Texans... Their future isn't set up too too well. I don't like giving Le'Veon Bell all that money. I don't like some of the other investments that they've made. But for right now, they can win 9-10 games and get to that second wildcard spot and be in the mix. And again, like the Browns, that schedule is very easy because of the year that they had the year prior. So I'm picking Jets and seeing how they shake out. So again, in the AFC, West, Chiefs, North, Browns, East, Patriots, South, Texans, Wildcard 1, Chargers, Wildcard 2, Jets. Let's shift over to the NFC. In the East, I have the Eagles, and I think that the Eagles are the second best team in football. They have a very deep roster, a loaded roster, and just, again, second best team in football. In the North, I have the Bears. And again, here's a division where I can take a lot of different answers. If you want to mention me on Twitter, at Ryland underscore Styles, it's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And say that you think the Vikings are going to win the division, the Packers are going to win the division, or the Bears are going to win the division. I will not have a full-blown argument with you. I will accept those answers as knowledgeable, good answers. That I disagree with, because I obviously just picked the Bears, but I'll accept those answers as thought-out, and logical answers. If you say the lines, you're getting blocked. Because that's just stupid. But, we can have a discussion if you're picking the Vikings, if you're picking the Packers, or if you're picking the Bears. And we'll see the Bears and Packers play here in a couple hours. Right now it's 4 o'clock Central Time, so we'll see them kick off here in about 3 hours. I think that the Bears have the best defense in this division, which is very important. I think Matt Nagy can get the best out of Mitch Trubisky, which is very important as well. I don't think Mitch Trubisky's their guy, is their franchise. 
but I think that he can do enough. I like David Montgomery, as a lot of people do. Obviously, Tariq Cohen is good. Allen Robinson, they have, they have some weapons. But that defense is going to carry them. In the West, I'm picking the Seattle Seahawks. Clowney makes that defense, you know, very good. I think that, though, I, I, don't, I don't understand the thought process of giving away Frank Clark, but getting Clowney. Now, when the price is that cheap for Clowney, I understand it. But in the sense of just one-to-one, player-to-player, football-to-football, I think Frank Clark is going to be a better player than Clowney, is a better player than Clowney, would be more productive than Clowney. But I still like the move because, again, they got him for nothing. And they still accrued the assets from the Chiefs to get Frank Clark. So it worked out. Will they pay Clowney? I don't know. I don't think so. But they're going in this year, and they're going all in. I worry about that receiving room. But other than that, I like this team, and I think that they're going to AFC West, partly because of who my second wild card team is. And I'll talk about that here in a second. But in the South, I have the Saints. Again, another tough division. The NFC is going to be fun this year. I think the Panthers are nothing to sleep, sleep on. I think that the Panthers could very easily make the playoffs this year. Elite front seven. Very improved offensive line. Dangerous weapon in Christian McCaffrey. Curtis Samuel's prime for a breakout year. And then, oh, by the way, Cam Newton. If Cam Newton's healthy, he's an MVP caliber quarterback. He's shown that. Greg Olson, still in the game, still getting five yards a pop. Ten yards a pop. Still a killer on post routes. The Panthers are good. And yet, they're the third best team in that division on consensus. In terms of, if you ask everyone and and put all their answers combined, most people will say the Saints, Falcons, Panthers. And the Panthers are a really good football team. So this South Division is going to be fun to watch. But I've got the Saints coming out of there. Again, it's hard to bet against them. I, I love Alvin Kamara. Drew Brees, of course, is elite. Michael, Tom, Michael Thomas is the best wide receiver in football, uh, if not second best behind Tyreek Hill, which, again, is, is another discussion for another day. But I'll take him at number one and put Hill at number two, just so you know my biases. Saints are very good. That defense is, is well coached. And uh, again, another another unit where you might not see the flashy names, you might not see the flashy name power, star power on that defense outside of Cam Jordan and guys like that. I think that defense is very, is very good. It's it's a very quality defense. Of my playoff teams, I'd probably put it third, maybe fourth. NFC wild card, I have number one being the Cowboys. Getting, getting Zeke back is huge. He helps Dak tremendously. Without Zeke, Dak is a terrible quarterback. Awful. He would have been exposed. With Zeke, he's a mediocre quarterback, which, given that pass rush with Demarcus Lawrence, given that linebacker play with Leighton Van Der Esch and, and Jalen Smith, given the secondary with Brian Jones, that's enough. Be mediocre. Have, have Amari Cooper bail you out. I'm interested in seeing those two, though, play a full season because when Amari Cooper got into the fold... Dak's game improved. And that's the first time he's had a downfield legitimate weapon. Savior Des Bryant tweets because Des Bryant was on the decline. He's out of the NFL right now. He did not get to play with prime Des Bryant. Amari Cooper is the best wide receiver he's gotten to play with, and it showed in the second half of that year. 
I still think that Dak's mediocre, even with Amari Cooper, but I'm interested in that dynamic of, of, of seeing how they play for the entire season. Again, Zeke is huge. Zeke's the best running back in the league, and he helps that offense tremendously. So that's what I have at wildcard one. Wildcard wild card two, the LA Rams. I was close to taking them out of the playoffs and putting in the Panthers. I was, I was close. But I didn't. I think they're going to start out slow, though. I think they're going to start out slow, and people are going to overreact and say, what if it was a one-hit wonder for McVay? What if they're having a Super Bowl hangover? They'll kick it into gear and make the wild card late. The two superlatives, the possible surprise team this year, again, I've alluded to it, the Panthers are there. Again, I love love that team. The team that could have the biggest drop-off, I think, is the Chargers. Although they're my wild card one team, I feel just I'm shaking at that pick of, of just nervousness of, of of being just embarrassed by picking them as the wild card one. Because I think that there's a there's a chance and an above an above average chance that they fall out of the playoffs. Most years you see a team, at least one, fall out of the playoffs that made it a year ago. And I think the Chargers could be it, depending on how Derwin James does in his rehab process. Can Joey Bosa actually stay healthy? Because he hasn't shown that to date. Keenan Allen, same thing. When does the regression come for Phillip Rivers? We've seen it from Eli. We've seen regression tendencies from Ben Roethlisberger. We haven't seen it from Drew Brees yet. We haven't seen it from Tom Brady yet. I don't put Phillip Rivers in that conversation, though. So when does it come for Phillip? No Melvin Gordon. I think that the Chargers are in dangerous territory, but I cannot pick against that roster on paper as of right now. The playoff picture, though. Let's get into this. So the wildcard weekend will feature the Chargers beating the Texans, the Browns beating the Jets, the Bears beating the Cowboys, and the Saints beating the Rams. In the divisional round, the Patriots will beat the the Browns. I don't think that the Browns are there yet to go into Foxborough and beat that team. Although, again, I don't think this Patriots team is all that good. I think we have a chance to see one of the worst Patriots teams that we've seen in this run. But I don't think that the Browns are there yet to knock them off in Foxborough in that tough environment. Chiefs over the Chargers in the third installment of that game this season. And a very good game, by the way. Chiefs over Chargers. Saints over Seahawks and Eagles over Bears. In the championship round, the Chiefs beat the Patriots. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. A couple touchdowns there. Eagles over the Saints. And in the Super Bowl in Miami, sadly, the Eagles over the Chiefs. So your Super Bowl champion this year is the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's get into some awards. If you listen to yesterday's show, I explained why, but my MVP this year is Patrick Mahomes. I think that so many people are projecting a regression from him in this offense just due to the fact that we've never seen a team duplicate it. And when it when it does get duplicated this year by, the, by this team, they'll be forced to give him the MVP because they'll be in awe of him again. How did he do that again? Defensive player of the year, Miles Garrett. I think that, again, for that Browns team to be good, he's going to be a monster. He was last year, but with winning comes more recognition. 
Everyone understands that he's a good player, but with winning comes a platform like Mahomes got. Not to that degree because Garrett's not a quarterback, but it it becomes name recognition, face recognition, star recognition around even casual NFL fans who block out all the podcasts, the articles, the talk shows, and only watch on Sundays. And with the Browns being more relevant comes more primetime games for him to step out and him to get noticed. And again, something has to go right for the Browns for them to make the playoffs and win that division. It's going to start with that defense. Don't get lost in Baker Mayfield. Don't get lost in Odell Beckham. Miles Garrett is the truth. Probably the best player on that Browns team. uh, Just one for one. And the leader of that defense. Which again, I don't think it's going to, I think it's going to be a very good defense. That Browns defense is. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Kyler Murray. It'll be interesting to see how they how they do this Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think that Kyler Murray has the name recognition already. Is the only quarterback that's going to get wire-to-wire playing time, barring injury. Haskins isn't starting. Jones isn't starting. I think that he has Larry Fitzgerald and, and, and David Johnson who can get him some stats that he otherwise wouldn't have. Uh, because that team, other than that, is just awful. I worry, though, about that offensive line not being able to hold up and protect him in terms of protecting him from injury and also just allowing him to accrue stats. But I think at the end of the day, everyone will go with Kyler Murray. Defensive Player of the Year, I think, is Devin Bush. Now, there's a lot of ways you can go with Defensive Player of the Year uh, in terms of Defensive Rookie of the Year, I should say. Defensive Rookie of the Year... I think it's going to be Devin Bush just because he's going to have so many opportunities. He'll be all over that football field and all over that defense right in the mix for the Steelers. Linebacker, starting linebacker, the whole nine yards. Coach of the year. I have Freddie Kitchens. Now I'm projecting the Chiefs to go 14-2, and so I think that that would warrant Andy Reid to win that award. But it's kind of like LeBron with the MVP. We know that LeBron's a good basketball player. We know LeBron's the best basketball player in the world. But he doesn't win the MVP that often. Andy Reid is not going to win the Coach of the Year award. When you have a story like Freddie Kitchens, a first-year head coach who takes the Browns from a laughing stock into, if my projections come true, the division winners. I think that that's your story. That's your Coach of the Year. My surprise player is, a, is depending on what you believe about players. Surprise player pick is always subjective because everyone has a different view of every player. I think that people are very low, generally, on Sam Donald. I think that a lot of people have given up on Sam Donald and kind of just uh, casted him aside. I think that he'll surprise people. He'll be very good this year with Adam Gase and that new offense with Jamison Crowder. Guys like that added to give him weapons. I mean, Jamison Crowder is a very... Very good weapon, and he can make quarterbacks' uh, jobs a lot easier. Look what he did for Kirk Cousins in Washington. He is the truth, that wide receiver, in terms of being a security blanket and bailing out quarterbacks and getting them just easy completions to set up set up the rest of the drive. Comeback Player of the Year, I think that this award would just have to be given to Carson Wentz because I think that, again, they're going to be the second-best team in football record-wise and talent-wise. So if they're the second best team in the NFL, he has to stay healthy because you're not going to get to that point with Cody Kessler as your backup quarterback. Or I think they just signed 
Josh McCowan, you're not going to get there without Carson Wentz, is, is my point. So I think that him staying healthy will earn him the Comeback Player of the Year award. Will the coach be fired is interesting. Obviously, there's always going to be a coach to be fired, but this is a weird year where it's hard to predict. I mean, are there bad coaches? Sure, but a lot of the bad coaches are first-year, second-year guys who they're not going to get ready, who they're not going to get rid of yet. So my pick's going to be Jay Gruden. He's been set up to fail. It's not his fault. I would think that he'd get another job somewhere and and be able to try to redo his whole coaching career. I think that he's really gotten the wrong end of the deal in Washington because they've just saddled him with poor decision, uh, with poor situation, I should say, after poor situation. And I think that his QB shuffle. I mean, this year I'm willing to bet that at one point in the year, Haskins, McCoy, and Keenum will all have starts just because he likes to shuffle that quarterback room up a lot. I think that he'll get fired, and it won't be his fault in terms of being a bad coach. It'll be his fault because he accepted a job in Washington where that you know that that franchise sets everyone up to fail. They've set Haskins up to fail. They've set RG3 up to fail. They set Jay Gruden up to fail. So I think that he'll get fired if I had to predict the coach. I think it's going to be him. And finally, who is going to come away with the number one overall pick in the NFL draft? Who's going to be the worst team in football? A lot of contenders for this pick. A lot of contenders. But I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. There's no talent on that team. There's no one on that team who has enough talent to get them more than two, three wins. If that. I think the Dolphins are going to be picking picking at number one in the NFL draft. And sadly, speaking of guys who've been set up to fail, for Josh Rosen, they're probably going to take a quarterback. And where does his career go from there? That'll be interesting to talk about at, at the offseason. But right now, football is back. We've had now three episodes of the Arrowhead Attic podcast on this podcast feed. Again, uh, the first one on Tuesday was talking about the Jags game on Sunday. Yesterday was talking about the Chiefs season as a whole and previewing it all the way from start to finish. And today, the NFL preview special. Don't forget on on, uh, Sunday, we'll have the Rapid Reactions podcast where we talk all about the first Chiefs game of 2019, a year in which the Chiefs and their fans have Super Bowl aspirations. If you want to find me on Twitter, go to Twitter and type in at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And again, you can find that spelling also in the description. Do not forget to leave a like, subscribe, review, however it is that you do that on your medium. Five stars on iTunes, etc., etc. Subscribe to the show. Follow me on Twitter. Tweet at me what your predictions are for this year. Uh, what you agreed with on this episode, what you didn't agree with, MVPs, Coach of the Year, whatever it may be. I want to interact with you guys and see you guys' feedback and hear it and uh, take it in. So again, thank you all for listening. Very excited for this football season that's going to kick off here in about two hours. And we will see you guys on Sunday. So be good and be good to one another. This has been the Arrowhead Attic Podcast as a part of the Fansided Podcasting Network.